Hello, this is Dr. Carla Johnston. I want to welcome you personally and thank you for joining me today. In this podcast, we'll be exploring information, ideas, and strategies to identify our unique and individual approach to living a nourished life. I'll be discussing topics that enhance our mind, body, and spirit. So let's have a bigger conversation, one that expands and brings more joy, happiness, and a sense of well-being. I'm delighted that you're here. So let's get started. Hi, welcome to our episode, Creating Super Meals, Health and Wellness from Our Kitchen. I personally love soups. I enjoy them all year round. I really enjoy picking seasonal ingredients that I can create a soup. I often recommend them for those that I'm working with in my coaching and counseling practice because I find that a variety of those in the kitchen can enjoy the benefits of soup. So whether you're new to the kitchen and new to cooking or perhaps it is an area that you'd like to expand on, this is such a great choice. And if you're someone with advanced skills, soups provide a way to be really creative and use ingredients that you hadn't used before or to put together ingredients that you hadn't thought of previously. So no matter what your skill level is, whether you're cooking for yourself or whether you're cooking for a really large family, they are just such a great choice. I also find soups to be really beneficial to provide nutrient-dense hydration choices for those who are currently well and want to continue to be well and feel great, and also for those who have an illness or perhaps are taking care of someone with an illness. For example, cardiovascular disease, we can take a look at those foods that are nutrient-dense choices and low-sodium options for someone with, say, hypertension. For those with cancer or digestive issues, soups can provide that nourishment if there's a loss of appetite or perhaps we need to focus on tissue healing. Also, I find for those with loss of appetite or maybe mouth issues, it can be a great way to get vitamins and minerals in without sitting down to a plate of food. So for all of those reasons, we're going to go through how super meals can be a great alternative for us all. So I briefly mentioned hydration, and I know we talked about that in a previous episode. And when I talk with people about hydration, the first thing always that comes to mind is water, which is incredibly important. And broth-based soups add to our daily totals. So in addition to water, if I'm adding soup as a meal, that increases my hydration intake for the day. And they can also be economical. So I want to pause here for a second when I talk about economical and budget meals. I know that's a topic that I'm asked to speak on quite a bit, and that's budget-friendly meals. And while I completely understand that we want to be mindful of our budget, I also push back a little bit in that food choices are incredibly important to our overall health and well-being. So while we want to be budget conscious, I don't want to minimize the importance of that when we're going out and making our shopping lists to minimize the importance of purchasing nutrient-dense food choices. 
And that's where if you're able to get to a farmer's market or area markets that bring in local produce, that is an economical way to buy great food choices. In addition to the economical purchase, what I like about soups is that it's a great way to use leftovers. So if I'm preparing one meal, I can increase its extension and use of those ingredients throughout the week by creating a soup, and I'm going to talk about that. It's also economical in time. So the equipment needed to make a soup is really minimal. So if you have a big pot that can fit on the top of the stove, we can certainly create a soup that way. Or if you have a crock pot, that's another way, or an instant pot. So no matter what you have in your kitchen, you can create a soup. For those who are busy during the day and don't have time to really cook meals right now or feel like they're learning how to incorporate time into meal prep, that's where a good crock pot or soup pot can come along because it can sit on really low simmer for long periods of time and actually tastes better as it spends more time marinating in the broth and the stocks. So for those who are looking for ways to incorporate cooking and food choices in a busy schedule, this is also a great alternative. So let's talk a little bit about the ingredients. One of the big benefits of soup, in my view, is many of us don't get a large number of vegetables, servings in our diet. And soups allow us a way to do that. The other is that many of us don't get a lot of dark leafy greens. These bitter greens are just packed with vitamins and nutrients. And bitter greens also stimulate our digestion. And they also, by stimulating digestion, help us to absorb those vitamins and minerals, which can then lead to the reduction of inflammation in our systems. So dark leafy greens are one where it's a great way to introduce those into your diet. And I would say start small. Pick one of choice, and then we'll talk about ways that you can add them into soups. When we talk dark leafy greens, many people will immediately think of kale. And if you don't like kale, that means all dark, all of those types of vegetables are not going to be a good choice. And while I understand that, I would encourage you to be creative and experiment. So in addition to kale, there are Swiss chard and escarole, and then collard greens, arugula, dandelion greens. These are all wonderful options that can be added to soups. So you could pick one and pick a soup and just add some of those in and see how that tastes for you. What you'll find, I think, is that when you add them to soups, the bitterness will dissipate just enough that it'll be tolerable. And for those that like bitter greens, they could add more in to get that bitter taste. And I would encourage you to experiment and see what tastes good for you. What have you found that you didn't think you like that you actually do like? The other is that these types of greens are loaded with vitamin A and C and vitamin K. They also have calcium and magnesium and fiber. And so for calcium, we think immediately most of us of dairy, of milk. And yet a lot of these vegetables contain vitamin C and calcium. So again, we talk about immune boosters, ways that we can support our immune system. 
ways that it supports digestion. So all of these vitamins and minerals get into all of the cells into our body. So there are great ways to introduce these types of vegetables if you don't normally eat those. The other is fiber. As women, sometimes we get less fiber as we get older. And this is a great way to increase fiber is to put them in soups. So a lot of the vegetables that have fiber in them, butternut squash and yams, and also beans. Beans are an economical choice if you buy them dry in bags where you're soaking them overnight. Per pound, they're really inexpensive choices that provide, again, a nutrient punch. They're loaded with vitamins and minerals and nutrients and fiber. So all different colored beans, and we talk about colorful foods. I've talked about the colors of the rainbow. And so beans, whether it's white beans or kidney beans or black beans, they are full of nutrients and antioxidants that support our overall health. So beans are a great way to expand. They help us feel full. And they also bring the fiber into our gut, which helps to feed our microbiome, which feeds the beneficial bacteria in our gut, which supports overall health. So as you can see, this kind of builds on itself. So the, so the soup itself is full of hydration, and then what we add to it supports our nutrition. So if I'm having beans and escaroles, so let's say a white bean and escarole soup, look at all of the nutrient choices there, and it's a relatively easy soup to prepare. And I'll have people that say, well, the broth-based soup, I'd like something a little thicker, and I don't want to add something like a cream, which I understand. And for changing up taste, that can be great. So what you could do in that case, especially in the case of white bean and escarole, is as you're getting ready to serve the soup, maybe you know, 15 or 20 minutes before, take a slotted spoon and pull out some of the beans and put that in a small dish. And start out with, you know, maybe half a cup, if you will, just kind of eyeball it. And then take your fork and smash up the beans into what almost looks like a paste. And then put that back in the soup and stir it in and simmer that in. And what you'll notice is that the mashed beans then begin to thicken up the soup. So you can change the texture just by smashing up some of the ingredients in there. You could add more liquid if you feel like it's a little too thick or you could smash up more beans and make it thicker. So this is where the creativity comes in. What are your favorite soups? And how can you expand your repertoire? So we know that chicken noodle soup has healing benefits. And I believe it has healing benefits because when we make soup, we're babysitting it, we're looking at it, we're cutting up those ingredients and putting them all together in a broth that we're simmering over time. And if we want to expand beyond that, as I mentioned, a white bean and escarole soup. So let's say I want to make that and I don't have escarole or I can't find it at the market. Then substitute that with kale or substitute that with Swiss chard. That's the other beauty of soup. If you're looking at a recipe and you don't have every single ingredient, what can you substitute out? Or maybe you want to start from scratch and create your own soup from start. What ingredients might you want to put together? What do you feel like would taste great? Because the beauty of it is your creation. That's also what I love about it. 
And I'll share a story of a mistake that I made that has turned into my signature soup. So (laughs) we talk about not being perfect. I was making butternut squash. So I simply took a butternut squash and I cut it into chunks, bite-sized pieces that were all similar. I threw it on a cookie sheet and I roasted it. And roasted butternut squash is just delicious with a little olive oil, salt and pepper and roast it, turn it in the oven to make sure it doesn't get too brown. And I served that as a side dish. And then the next day, I'm like, "Mm, I could mash that up and make a butternut squash, just mix it up. So it almost had the consistency of mashed potatoes. I thought that would be delicious. And when I was making that, I added a little bit too much broth. I added too much broth to make it a mashed potato type side dish. It actually turned into more of a soupy consistency. And I thought, oh, I don't want to waste this. So let me just go ahead and eat it this way. I have to tell you, it was delicious. And did I mention when I did this, I was having people over for dinner (laughs) and everyone wanted more of my butternut squash soup. Hmm. So the next time I made it, instead of making it for the side dish, I actually made it as a soup and it became my signature soup. So the ingredients were really minimal and I expanded on just the butternut and I ended up sauteing some onion with some garlic and I added a little ginger and I put that in with the butternut squash with some broth and I just whir it up in the blender or food processor. And now that's my signature soup. Sometimes I'll kick up the ginger to make it with a little bit more heat, or sometimes I'll eliminate ginger altogether if someone is really sensitive to ginger and wants more of a mild soup. It's been a big hit. So what are your super meal ideas? What is it that, what ingredients are you called to? Perhaps you want to make your own stock. There are so many recipes out there available and cookbooks dedicated to stocks. And not all stocks are meat-based. There are many vegetable stocks out there that are delicious. And so maybe you want to try that. I have someone who recently is taking care of someone who is in chronic illness and struggling, and they decided to make a bone broth. And there is literature that shows that bone broth for many can be really healing. And it's a very lengthy process to make bone broth. And so this person was more advanced in the kitchen and decided that was a project they were going to take on. And there are many, as I said, there are many ways, many YouTube videos, many recipes on websites. A lot of chefs cook with soups, cookbooks. So to get inspiration should be easy. Walking through the produce aisle of your farmer's market or your market or your grocery store can also provide some inspiration. Even with something that you've had many times, you can experiment with herbs and spices and citrus. And for example, so a chicken and rice soup for someone who needed a really bland diet and wanted to figure out a way to make it different. And so I suggested adding some lemon juice to it, which adds that additional sourness, just that taste behind And of course, citrus is adding some vitamin C. And that became really more tolerable for this person instead of eating the same thing over and over again. Adding herbs and spices. So think about those anti-inflammatory and really brilliant spices that support digestion, such as oregano and rosemary. Tarragon is also another great choice. Or maybe you want to spice things up. 
spices and red pepper can really help aid in digestion as well. It can support the immune system. So adding some pepper can also spice up a soup. What are your favorites? And then don't forget about the crunch. So as I mentioned with the butternut squash soup, adding roasted or toasted pecans or walnuts. Recently, I had pumpkin seeds and I thought, hmm, that could be a great addition to the top of this soup. So don't forget about the crunch. So it's not just about the boring. If someone is able to tolerate crunch, that's a great way to get a different texture in. If you're making a soup that you're going to put in the blender, pay attention to the consistency. Is this one where someone with a mouth issue where you want to make it a little bit more watery? Or can it be with more food chunks where you would need a spoon, where that's sitting down to a big bowl of soup where it's feeling nourishing? So you get to decide that as you're making it. I would also say... Think about those other food items, antioxidants, and colors. So I found a soup recipe that had chickpeas in it and rice, and I thought, I had some dried cranberries. I'm going to throw those in. So dried cranberries, color red, antioxidant, I added those in, and it added just that sweet, sour texture to the chickpea soup that I had. And for that soup, I decided to really experiment with other spices that I hadn't cooked with in a while. So I added some cumin to it, which brought this really earthy flavor to the soup. So again, it is one meal that you can experiment with. It's also a meal that you can cook once and batch. I often talk about, and I practice myself, if I'm going to make a big pot of soup, I'm going to make it large enough that I can freeze for later. And what I typically do is freeze it in a freezer-safe, environmentally safe baggie or container where I have it in individual servings. So on those days where I'm just too tired or perhaps I don't feel well or I'm too busy to prepare, I can pull out a frozen soup, put it in a saucepan, let it simmer so I have a little bit more hydration because it was frozen. And yet I know every single ingredient that's in there. Last episode, I talked about good, better, best. So pulling a can of soup is certainly a good choice. A better choice would be a soup that you've prepared yourself. The best choice, in my view, is a soup that you created all on your own or that you added some ingredients. If you have an affinity, let's say you love mushrooms, that they go really well in soups. If you're deciding that you wanted to add meat into a soup, you could certainly do that. Or if you are learning to expand and be more creative, try a beef bourguignon or add ingredients in, as I mentioned, that you wouldn't normally be called to. This is a time to be creative. It's a time to have fun. Talk with your family, or if you're living on your own, what would bring your taste buds alive? Would it be adding a spice? Would it be adding another ingredient? Would it be the fact that you made it yourself? It's just such a great way to support our overall health and wellness. So I say, what is your super choice? What is your signature soup? I'm going to provide a lot of people will ask for recipes, and I'm happy to provide my 
almost wasn't butternut squash side dish. That's now my soup. I'm happy to put that on my website as a resource. If you're looking for some inspiration or just need some ingredient list of what I prepared, I'm happy to put that on my website. I'm also going to be posting on my social media on Instagram and Facebook some of my favorite soups and take some photos. And with that, I'm going to say this. And I've written a blog post about this in the past. So I do not consider myself a chef. I love being in the kitchen for sure. I feel like there's a healing that takes place when you're cooking your own meals. And I love reading cookbooks. It's one of my favorite things to do. And when I first started to prepare my own meals, really seriously, many, many years ago, I would pull out a cookbook and I would make what was in the cookbook and I would look at mine and I would look at the cookbook and think, wow, (laughs) I followed all of those ingredients. I followed the instructions to the letter and my meal does not look like this book, no matter how hard I tried. And so I just made peace with that. And I laugh about it now because the food is delicious. And even for the meals that aren't so delicious, I don't have to make it again. It was one meal. And then for my blog, I was encouraged to take a copy of what I prepared so we could upload it to the blog. And it just didn't look like the glossy pages of the cookbook. And then it was, well, let's, you know, look at light boxes and different lights. And I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. For good, bad, and different, that's what my food looks like. I made a soup and it just didn't look the way it did in the bowl. And I thought, nope, I'm just going to take a photo of it. So even if you're not a world-class chef, even if what you prepare doesn't look exactly the way that you thought it should look, does it taste great? And if not, what could you shift around for the next time? I've certainly made things that I go, hmm, I thought that would taste better than it does. And I'm just not going to make that again. Or I'm going to make it and this time I'm going to change an ingredient around. When I'm playing around with spices, sometimes it doesn't taste the way I thought it was going to taste when I'm mixing them together. And so next time I'll either adjust or mix up the spice blend that I was using. The beautiful piece is that it's your creation. It's your meal. So what super meals are you going to make? I used to kid around with people and say, I am the superwoman, (laughs) as corny as that sounds. So what is your super choice? And I look forward to hearing from you with the soups that you prepared, whether they're new, whether they've expanded in your repertoire, or whether you have dove into the experimentation of adding a dark leafy green or adding beans, and you haven't done that in the past, or simply made a plant-based soup, a vegetable-based soup. And how many vegetables can you get in the soup and make a Make it a little running contest with yourself. How many vegetables can you get into your soup that it tastes yummy and that you've increased your vegetable consumption for the day? So as you can see, I am passionate about soup for so many reasons, whether I'm supporting someone in their health and wellness or I'm supporting someone or their families and caregivers with preparing meals for those that are ill. It's just such a great choice. So happy creativity in the kitchen out there. And I look forward to hearing your stories about what worked for you and the delicious foods that you prepared. Happy cooking. Thank you for tuning in to my podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast through your favorite app store, or you can sign up through my website, drcarlajohnston.com. 
I hope you're leaving with some great ideas and information that will bring happiness and a sense of well-being into your life. Music for this podcast has been provided by the Petrichor and their beautiful song, Always Searching. Have a fantastic day. Until next time.